0: to business with Bobby Kerr brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk.
1: Now many of us including myself are guilty of having a sweet tooth, so many in fact that the global chocolate market is valued at over 100 billion euros. Joining me now to discuss the many facets of this wonderful business are Simon O'Keefe, the head of sales at Lear Chocolates. Ashine Walsh is the marketing director for Butler's Chocolates, and Mary and Jim Healy are the directors and co-owners of the Chocolate Garden. You're all very welcome to the programme.
0: Thank you, Bobby. Thanks, Bobby. Thank you. Now,
1: it's Easter. I'll be going home shortly to face into my eggs, as I do every year. And I'm really excited about that. But we might start with you, Aisling. Um, in terms of the calendar that is now, uh, how important is Easter in your annual sales, and your annual budget?
2: Easter is, is a very important one. So in the chocolate business, we have four key seasons. Really, we have Christmas, Easter, Mother's Day and Valentine's Day. Christmas is the biggest, but Easter is the second one. And I suppose Easter is a category for luxury and for chocolate. Chocolate kind of owns Easter, whereas chocolate shares Christmas with lots of other other right. um, occasions. Yeah, So so it's huge. So we're planning, we will start planning Easter 24 now next week. So it, it's a really big, important one for us.
1: And how has Easter changed over the years, Ashleen? Um, again, I remember working with you back in my Bewley's days. We, I
2: do. I remember you we, ringing we, me up looking for white bunnies
1: and milk bunnies a long time ago. The chocolate Saint Patrick, which I believe I invented uh, when we couldn't sell the chocolate <laughs> Santas, we had to quick change the there. Yeah. So, uh, has it changed much in your view, Ashleen?
3: Um
2: it has and it hasn't at the end of the day people still want lovely um beautiful chocolate gifts that represent good value for money and that taste amazing so that that will never change but what has changed is tastes um packaging formats perhaps um and new flavors coming into the mix so things like when i would started working with you back in the day there was no such thing as salt caramel whereas the salt caramel like now is is really really popular yeah so um and there's i suppose there's gifts for the, the range would have expanded so it, Corporate gifts have expanded over time. Companies like to reward their staff and clients, those kind of things. So that's made Easter grow as a category as well, yeah. So okay. it's, it's, it's a great time, yeah.
1: Um, let's go to Mary and Jim, uh, owners, co-owners and, and directors of the Chocolate Garden. Uh, you're both very welcome to the programme. How are you? Thanks, Thanks Bobby. Bobby. We're great. Yeah. Now, tell us about the business first. One of you might tell us that. Mary, you might tell us about how you got started in the business with Jim back right. in uh, 2001, making waffles originally, That's as I right. recall.
3: That's right. Um, we had a romantic notion of working together yeah. back in the day. You're and, still talking
1: uh, anyway. <laughs>
3: so, um, yeah, we, we started making waffles, Dutch-style waffles. We had to go to Holland literally to learn how they are made and learn how to used the equipment we had bought, and we always had it in mind to diversify. So the waffles were, we were kind of pitching as, as a gift product. So uh, we diversified into chocolate, um, and we found that the chocolate products were selling more frequently, or bigger sales turnover, if you like, than the biscuits. So the obvious thing was to develop more products in that range. So we've gone from strength to strength, Uh we've a wide range of products now, and we it, it, we moved premises in 2009 so uh we where visited, are you now Mary where are you based
1: out?
3: <laughs> We're based right behind our house in our back garden basically so we have um a visitor center shop and our our production facility there in uh, near Tullow, county Carlow, yeah about three miles out from the town and uh, we have visitors coming in all the time year round uh, of all ages to enjoy having a go at making chocolates themselves. So that's something really nice and something different.
1: Uh, and Jim, would you uh, echo Mary's sentiments there on the, the value of the visitor centre in terms of driving sales?
0: Yeah, well, it's, uh, I suppose has helped us being recognised more because we get a lot of visitors here every year, particularly on, on the seasonal times, uh, you know, like Easter during the summer and at Christmas time, people want that special gift. And that, like, and as a family run business, is you know, people have got to know us and they come and visit us and they can meet the Jim and Marys when they're here as well. Like, so it's, uh, it's nice to have a family run business on our own. We have three kids and they uh, come down and help us. So they're busy this week, needless to say. Yeah. Helping us, especially this weekend, like when they're home from college or whatever. So they're helping us uh, to get the, uh, products out and also to help in the shop as well.
1: It's a real family business, all, all hands to the wheel when the, uh, when, when, when the business uh, turns on like that. So that's great to see. Uh, our third guest today is uh, Simon O'Keefe. He's the uh, head of sales at Lear Chocolate. Simon, you're very welcome to the programme. Thanks, Bobby. Now, tell us about Lear. I know, again, I'd I, I, I just like you to introduce the business because I would know it for many years.
4: Yeah, well, Lear was founded in, in 1987 by Connie Doody and, and Mary White, um, originally in Connie's kitchen and then outgrew that quite quickly into a site on East Wall in Dublin and outgrew that in the mid-2000s and uh, currently we're in Navin. So we have two production sites out there um, and yeah, we've quite a successful private label business for the UK and Irish retailers and also a branded part of our business too.
1: Right, so in terms of the uh, private label business versus the presence on the, I suppose, in in retail or... You don't operate shops yourselves, do you?
4: No, we don't. No, we we business to business. Well, we we have some um, uh, business to consumer on the online website. Yeah. Um. uh, So no, that's our 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 channel. Generally, is through uh, retailers.
1: And where have you seen the development of the business, Simon? The last number of years, I know sales have been strong for you. Where has been the opportunity, and what what channels have you been able to grow?
4: Uh, Well, the online channel, I guess, is the obvious growth in the last number of years and I think that was fast-tracked with COVID Um, so there's been uh, quite quite a growth there Um, and in the UK we've had growth with our existing retailers Um, we also grew uh, or have grown a lot of sales in export markets Um, so we have the Baileys and Guinness license from Diageo and we would export it good chunk of, of our Baileys and Guinness chocolates into Europe and Australia New Zealand so
1: is that a big Asia. part of the business now
4: yeah it represents probably close on 45-50% wow um, and it was 20% pre-Brexit so it, it's really grown um, so yeah
1: interesting as well because Aisling Walsh marketing director with Butler's you've also been very active internationally and I was going to ask you Ashley, about the changes recently around duty free have they been positive for the business
2: around uh, you mean the airport reopening
1: yeah well the airport's yeah, reopening yeah. and also i suppose things like brexit now where we can now sell uh, buy duty free as consumers that we were uh, that we weren't able to do for a number of years
2: yeah, well, that certainly has helped the liquor and tobacco side of business. But in terms of confectionery and perfection and cosmetics, make it, it, it doesn't really make a difference. What it does help is the footfall into the stores. But again, like the others, exports would be very important to us in terms of the wholesale side of our business. And again, we, as Ireland is, is a small enough market for a luxury brand. So it's important to always be outward looking and thinking of, you know, how, how can we grow and develop? And exports have been a huge part of our journey along then with our cafes and visitor centre as well. Of course
1: and you, you 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 I know you established a presence in was it in Dubai a number of years ago and did you use that then as a hub to go further into Asia and that
2: absolutely that the, Dubai our presence in Dubai was probably the platform for our, our expansion in the Middle East and in Asia as well yeah so they're very important markets for us as is also the UK and, and then we have New Zealand Australia and the US as well yeah so we're quite far spread
1: yeah so so it, it's it's an interesting mix in your business with the retail with the exports, did you mention a visitor centre there?
2: Yes, yes we have a lovely visitor centre in our factory in Clonshock which was um, reopened after Covid last summer and we're getting lots of birthday parties, school tours there so that that works really well I mean, and at the moment for Easter it's really busy, we have the Easter Bunny there so that's one part of the business, then the the cafes um, which I'm sure you're familiar with so we are opening one in Bray now, our first one in Wicklow later on this month so we're very excited about that. That's great yeah so um they were the cafe's all of a busy week now in the run up to easter um because a lot of easter sales happen like the consumer sales are all really in the last 10 days particularly the last 3 or 4 days so it's 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 quite you know the 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 retail end is quite concentrated on Yeah
1: interesting enough in in your own case Ashley, where you've got uh you know i suppose maybe the other Fifty odd weeks of the year, the, the 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 prominent sellers might be coffee and related drinks, but at some sometime like Easter, the share of of uh, of of box chocolates will will increase hugely. I, I'm sure.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah. No, it changes quite um, dramatically so obviously So we would have extra staff on to help during those busy couple of weeks as well. And of course, one thing with Easter, um, it, it's quite a bulky item. Easter eggs are quite bulky, so it, the logistics. There's a lot of work behind the scenes and getting all the logistics right and getting it all running smoothly. But there's a great team there doing it and it runs
1: well. Yeah. And the the loyalty around the free chocolate with every coffee, that's something that's really worked for butlers over the years, no?
2: It's, yeah, it's been great. I think people love it because oftentimes and myself, I'd be like that. You might just want a little sweet treat. You don't yeah. want to have, you know, a huge amount and it just works really well. And, and people love it. And it's, it's just part of the value offer that we give. And it's lovely for people to sample and to try new things. And sometimes we have limited edition chocolates that we're trying out. And, and it's, it's great to get the, to hear what people like and, and they don't like and to look at trends, how, how some chocolates are increasing in popularity and, and just how things move on. Yeah, So it, it's a nice little touch to work well.
1: Uh, Jim, I have a, a text in here asking about uh, what happens the uh, Easter eggs that don't sell over Easter. Can you maybe let us into a trade secret? Do they get melted down and uh, shaped out as something else, or what happens? So a listener yeah, well, in Waterford uh, wants to know. Thank, thankfully,
0: it's uh, it's not a, a huge problem for us. Like uh, we most of our most of the stock is always gone at uh, Easter, and you will still have people who come in the week after Easter. Looking for an Easter egg. Someone has forgot to get an Easter egg uh, for a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or they had some kind of agreement, and then, then it, uh, one turns up with the Easter egg, and then the other is left kind of looking for it. So we've had people come here on on the Sunday on Sunday night uh, looking to get Easter eggs, if it was possible at all, you know. So uh, we, we we actually make a, a huge Easter egg, a six point five kilo Easter egg, and we actually hold on a second now. Six
1: point heart- five kilo. That sounds kilo. is that bigger than a basketball?
0: <laughs> That's absolutely like it's probably four times the size of a basketball. We've had orders for that in sometimes in April, May, June, and July, which is a bit amazing, but it happens.
1: You're but after it's, getting it's, me it's, very interested now, Jim. Yeah, I when I hear about like, an egg you know, that size, yeah, someone someone
0: looking for brownie points, I'd say. But uh, <laughs> but the, the, the uh, chocolate can be melted down again uh, and reused if necessary. Like you know, it can it can actually be melted down. Yeah. you know so if you break an egg like uh, you know you can you can melt it down and reuse the chocolate
1: yeah Simon can I ask you about trends in that are happening in 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 retail around chocolates like if we look at the uh, Ashley mentioned something like salted caramel there that we didn't even know about uh, 10 or 15 years ago what kind of things are you seeing I suppose from a consumer perspective about what people are buying or what people want
4: yeah well as Ashley said I mean the core flavors are still the, the- the popular ones, and that's your milk chocolates and salted caramel has, has grown massively. Um, there's also, we see inclusions, which are basically putting texture pieces through chocolate, you might put fruit through it. So we're seeing uh, growth in that, like, for example, we have a strawberries and cream egg that's grown uh, incredibly well. And that helps us in a time of year where you're struggling more really with chocolate sales. Yeah. So the, the summer flavors really can give you more longevity on the shelf. So we're seeing a trend there. Um, and then nuts and fillings and everything else. And I, I would say the one thing about Easter, it, it's a great chance to be innovative and we can really kind of showcase as uh, butlers and chocolate garden can do as well showcase what you're able to do on easter eggs you can have a bit of fun yeah. you can try new things out you can do sprays, splashes, shimmers and <clears throat> be a bit more adventurous I'd say than other times of year when yeah, c- customers are less likely to take a risk maybe
1: Ashley, can I ask you about uh, maybe some of the challenges? Packaging, which is hugely important to all three of you in terms of how you present your products. Am I right in saying the cost increases there have been quite challenging in the last while?
2: Yeah, I suppose packaging on a, on a number of fronts a lot of things to consider. So I suppose one, and a, a trend that that's also huge for for chocolate production is sustainability of our packaging and recycling Sure. packaging so so that's one thing that that's been a huge driver say for us so it's having recyclable packaging and obviously the price of everything all commodities has gone up but also a huge factor to consider has been the lead time so for example before we could think of something, and we'd order the boxes, and they'd come in really, really quickly—maybe three or four weeks. Now it's kind of got to allow sixteen weeks, twenty weeks. So, so that has been a huge challenge that's yeah. come into the mix over COVID. That we've just really had to to pivot and learn how to, how to deal with that, which we do. So, in terms of our own timelines for planning, we just had to um, get off the blocks much, much earlier. Um, so, we're probably looking at the seasons two or three months now ahead of when we would have before COVID.
1: That's challenging, um, isn't it? Yeah, it is challenging.
2: Yes, we've just had to it was just had to learn to adapt which we have.
1: do you also think you have to do things like hold more stock than you ordinarily yeah. would have, that kind of thing hold as more well? Stock, to,
2: yeah. 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 But 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 I suppose once you start doing that then it's it's fine. So I suppose COVID we've all had to learn how to do things perhaps differently and and to be more agile and stuff. And and that is um which that's just the new reality. And yeah. that is good. But but sustainability is is a is a huge thing in terms of um chocolate and, and, and what customers expect from us and, and, and what they expect from their brands and what they trust us to do the right thing all the time. So that's obviously a huge driver in all our thoughts as well.
1: Yeah, um, Mary from the Chocolate Garden are, are you finding uh, cost increases like I suppose the, the essential raw material, the cocoa the the, the, the the chocolate in whatever form you buy it in, in has that been volatile in terms of, oh, of the price? Has
3: gone, it has only gone one way and that's up and uh, equally, uh, in terms of lead times and availability, sometimes certain things you want, you just can't get, and products would have to be either, like sidelined and not available, maybe for a short time until you can get stock in. Uh, so yeah, lead times and yeah on interruptions in supply. Sometimes uh, energy, obviously, is huge as well. Uh, so like we we were fortunate to to cover our roof and solar panels. In October of 2019, was it? 2020.
1: 2020. Jim is always uh, better on the dates, Mary. (laughs) (laughs) He's the one who remembers the birthdays (laughs) and the anniversaries.
3: Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) yeah. So um, that has been hugely beneficial for us in terms of uh, curbing the increase that energy has, uh, you know, gone just through the roof. So it has uh, kept it kind of on an even keel. We've also you know, in, invested in better more more efficient cooling systems here. So we're constantly looking at ways to, you know, for, for better sustainability and for reducing costs of energy.
1: Okay. Uh, last word to you then, Simon O'Keefe, in terms of the future of the business, the sector. Where do you see yourself bringing the business now over the next couple of years?
4: I think the future is is very bright, um, uh, both in, in a domestic context and also internationally. Um and I think we're quite outward focused. So we're looking at export markets that we can go into. and um, We're constantly developing and, and, and innovating and we have a pipeline of development to bring into the market in the next Christmas and next Easter. So uh, I would see market expansion, new markets being probably a core area of our growth. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's quite an exciting time to be in it.
1: Okay, and it's an exciting time of year for the chocolate business. It is Easter after all. Uh, I'm looking forward to going home and eating that massive egg that Jim mentioned there earlier. 6kg. I don't think I'll do it in all one sitting, but I want to have thank to my ge-
0: You'll have to share, Bobby.
1: <laughs> I want to thank my guests, uh, Mary and Jim Healy from the Chocolate Garden, Ashling Walsh, Marketing Director with Butler's Chocolates and indeed Simon O'Keefe, Head of Sales at Lear Chocolates, are wishing you all prosperity at Easter and Indeed, for the rest of the year. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Bobby. Thank you, Thank you
0: Bobby. Bobby.
1: Down to Business
0: with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.